Bismillahirrahmanirrahim. A very warm welcome to episode three of the Sam of Somalia show. This evening I'm joined by a guest who's the CEO of an amazing and revolutionary Arabic language resource called Arabic Workshop, and he's also a close personal friend of mine. Ryan is not only responsible for the Arabic language's first ever listening library, but is also the father of three children, he's a practicing GP, he's a 20-year-long strong revert to Islam, and he's a legit purple button Brazilian jiu-jitsu. In this episode of the Sam of Somalia show, a lot of it is Ryan and I having a big nerd out about how to build the most amazing languages learning resources. But we also talk about the 10-year-long journey behind Arabic Workshop, getting married, and the virtues of learning martial arts. So without further ado, please join me in welcoming Ryan to the show. Ryan, our esteemed guest, welcome. Assalamu alaikum. Wa alaikum assalam wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. How are you today? Alhamdulillah, jazakallah khaira. Good. How did you find Northampton? Uh, yeah, we um, we just we drove through really quickly, to be quite honest. So nice. No, just just straight up from London. Up on straight up from London, uh, M1, and then straight off. Good. You look well, by the way, mashallah. Jazakallah It's been uh, how long? How long has it been since we saw each other? I think. About a year, I think it was last winter. It must be, because I, I hadn't moved to Northampton yet, I don't okay. think. I was still living in Cornwall um, at the time. So yes, yeah, must have yeah. Been yeah. so I wasn't ago. aware of the Northampton link, if I was being honest. Mm. <laughs> so, yeah, 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 yeah. Cool. That, that worked out. That was a bit of serendipity, really, happening yeah, there. That worked yeah, out very nicely. So, um, so let's get straight into it, really. There's, there's one quite simple reason why I really wanted to have you um, on the show, and was to was really talk about Arabic Workshop. So... Just for the audience who don't know about it, like I've, I'm, re I'm really excited about it for a few reasons that I'll talk about. But like, just just for the audience who don't have any context on it, how how would you just describe it in very broad terms? Um, okay, in broad terms, I suppose um, I'd say that it's a it's a library more than anything else. It's not really a course, mm -hmm. uh, and the idea was that we wanted to provide listening content for everyone, mm -hmm. uh, and we wanted it to be. Uh, easy to kind of plug into your course nice. or your curriculum, essentially. You know, if, if we think of, I suppose, a, 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 an individual um, over their lifetime taking many different courses, mm. that's what I suppose we would call a curriculum. So so why, why um, listening specifically, then? Oh, uh, so, yeah, of course. <laughs> so, I, I mean, for, for very obvious reasons, listening is, uh, it's essentially the crux of any language. You know, mm. if you're going to have a, a language that you acquire, it's going to be listening and speaking. Mm. Um, but uh, we have this strange situation in Arabic, which... You know, you have lots of people able to articulate Arabic uh, for obvious reasons, the Quran, etc. And um, they're able to read, um, but have no kind of idea mm. of, of what's going on. And so, you know, to me, it's it, we've got this huge population of people, which, which um, you know, that population has not really achieved its potential. Mm -hmm. um, and so where was the gap? Mm. listening really yeah you know. 100 percent. like i so you know like there's, there's a number of things that i that i think are really fascinating about about what you've done and like i, th I think perhaps i'd start with like with with listening it seems quite obvious that you've sort of looked at the situation of the way in which we learn arabic in the west and and, and also that that is obviously a result of of how the arabic teachers are trained in the west yeah. obviously and we, we don't have a lot of um, situations where we can facilitate speaking really well a lot mm. of the time and um, you know just as someone like myself who's like kind of built courses and tried to um, you know to try to build courses and sell courses and stuff try to make a living for myself like I, I know it's very easy for Arabic teachers to think about well what can I do to try to help rather than what does it need 
And it, it seems like, like what you guys have done is you've looked at the, you've looked at the situation of all of these like Muslims who want to learn Arabic. Like mm-hmm. people genuinely want a more meaningful relationship with the Quran and, and, and also to be able to speak it and stuff as well. Yeah, yeah. And um, it seems like you've looked at that and, and something I really admire as well is like how you've gone to great lengths to really like do it really professionally. You know, sometimes even Arabic teachers themselves are dabbling in this. Sometimes right, they're dabbling. Right. Sometimes they're like, well, we, I'll create this course, but we'll keep a kind of low budget because it might not work or whatever. Yeah. But just by looking at your website and the fact that we had a conversation about this over a year ago, yeah, like yeah. this has been a long time in the making and you, you, you can <laughs> see it. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So like that's something that I really respect. It's about time that the size of this problem some people stepped up and said, look, we have the collective resources in our community to build a really like, a really good team with specific skills in that team and do this properly. Because yeah, yeah. mo- most attempts are, are, are dabbling, really. And um, it, it, like, would it be fair to say there's no dabbling going on? Oh, definitely no <laughs> yeah. dabbling. I mean, um, uh, you know, I think you, you, you kind of mentioned on one of your, your, your previous podcasts, we, we, actually, um, we actually decided that this problem needed addressing properly it mm. needed to be well funded it needed to be um you know not not a pet project it needed to have kind of wider appeal mm. uh, and i suppose you know for for the team the mission is really based on on an ambition for i suppose the ummah mm. um you know if we could solve the arabic problem um where could where could we take that ummah mm. you know uh, could it could it solve a lot of the problems that we experience uh, as non-Arab uh, speakers, mm. um, you know, whether that's on a personal level or whether that's on a kind of uh, larger group level, like mm. can, the, can the group think change mm. because of your access to uh, resources and another world? Yeah. And more importantly, I, I suspect that it would actually give us access to another culture. And by, by that, I mean a culture that we probably lost a long time ago when, whenever Arabic kind of went out of fashion. That's really interesting. So, so is, is there an objective with Arabic workshop for kind of everyday Muslims to be more empowered to actually, to actually, actually have Arabic as more of a living language, like to actually be speaking it? I think that would be my dream for sure. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, I mean, it, it's a bit difficult, isn't it? Because um, Arabs don't speak Fusha. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I think the first reaction you'll get from most Arabs is they'll probably laugh at you when you first start speaking Fusha. And, and then, actually, if you persist, uh, in my experience, they, um, they have a lot of respect for you after that. Mm. After they get over the kind of, oh, this guy's speaking an ancient language kind of thing, right. you know. Uh, they have a lot of respect for that. Um, but I, 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 so I'm not really the right person... Um, I'm, I'm not well placed to, to kind of have a discussion about how to alter a culture, how to create mm. a culture, but I would love to see that happen. And I think if we can, if we can start that conversation that yeah. you know, culminates, maybe after we're, we're gone, maybe it culminates in something great. Mm. Brilliant. That's very interesting. I mean, I, I, can't, I, mean I, can't, I can't see how it wouldn't have, have a very profound effect on our, our communities, especially like living here in the West, if all of the people hearing the khutbah had a had a decent understanding yeah. of it. Yeah. I mean, like, honestly, I, I've been to some khutbas in my time where like, where, like even as, as, an, as someone who understands Arabic, like sometimes I'll listen to a khutbah and I'll think, these kids are getting nothing from this. No, like, no. Like, like, I, I, I don't say nothing. Like, inshallah, their jumah is accepted or whatever. Like, yeah. That's a, a, a slightly but different discussion. But you do get some but... real gold moments and you just mm. think, we've never heard anything like this in yeah, English. Yeah. You know, the access to that information just mm. isn't there. So I definitely mean that, but I, I, yeah. also, I also kind of mean, um, 
but I also just mean a feeling of of a connection to the masjid and to, and to the imam and stuff, mm. you know, because mm. the, the main thing that I think sometimes is like, these kids are just disconnected from yeah. this. Yeah. Like, the, these kids are like, they're, like, they're literally going to walk out these doors and they're going to go back to whatever madnesses they're up to, do you know yeah. what I mean? The, yeah. the, these youths these days or whatever, like, and, and it, would be, it would be really meaningful and amazing, wouldn't it, if, like, if we just had a community that understood a bit more. Yeah, you know? and actually that, that gives the imam a few more tools, doesn't it? Because mm. suddenly you, you've got this captive audience. What if you could convert that captive audience into a captivated audience? Mm. You know, that, that, I, I think that is probably the spirit of what we're trying to do is, you mm. know, you've got captive audiences in, in various settings, people who have an idea that they want to, to learn Arabic, but they don't really know what they're going to achieve with it. Mm. Okay. And we can, you know, you, you, you can take that and kind of captivate them and, and, uh, bring them into a culture that they just wouldn't experience. And, you know, I mean culture in the broadest sense. You sure, know? sure. Yeah. But, yeah, yeah, I think that's, mm. I mean, that's a few years down the line, but, you yeah, know, absolutely, it's, absolutely. it's, it's, yeah, it's yeah. something to aim for, I suppose. Absolutely, that's, yeah. yeah. Like, I, I kind of wanted to, wanted to talk a little bit about that, just to kind of see where the long-term aspiration, aspiration for the need for something um, more thought out, I suppose, you know, because, because you know, just something that struck me, obviously someone as myself, like I don't have like a team and stuff like that. I think mm. that really struck me, like when I first met you guys and, you know, just watching how it's growing, how you're doing crowdfunding and, and, and what your website looks like. It's just obvious that there's, that there's a, a meaningful and well thought out addressing of, of the problem. You know, you know, so like to, to kind of move the conversation a bit further then. So just for the students out there, like, so how, how does it help? Do you know what I mean? Like, what, mm -hmm. what, what, what is the student experience like? Um, I suppose we're in a little bit of a, a kind of place of discovery with that. So I, I think any new product will, will you know, needs to, to see how it's going to be received, how mm -hmm. people are going to use that. And, and, you know, we rely a lot on feedback. Uh, we, we have had that uh, largely because uh, you may remember we released the prototype about 18 months mm -hmm. ago. Yeah, yeah. And um, that informed a lot of our decisions for, for, for this recent launch. Um, uh, I suppose uh, the basic principle is that most courses are going to be linear by necessity. Mm -hmm. the, the fact that most courses are, are grammatically based. Um, uh, it, it's the quick win, isn't it, gr grammar? Because you're, you're, you're able to kind of get a person through to understanding the whole dynamics of the language mm. very easily. It's maybe one of the unusual things about Arabic. Mm. Um, but um, I, I think our purpose is is to try and get them to internalize that. So you're not necessarily, you know, having a conversation. You're not necessarily thinking, should I have used a mudari or madi mm -hmm. with with, with Kana, you know, yeah. so, uh, that, that kind of thing. But you, you, you're kind of, you're trying to create the brain equivalent of muscle memory, mm. essentially. Okay. And um, what, what we did was we, we kind of, before we started on, on this path, we, we, we looked at what research was out there. Um, and unsurprisingly, actually, the, the, the gains that you get in, in listening skills um, actually extends to all of the other skills okay. so so any gains you get in in terms of listening will extend into your, into your ability to write mm. read you know um I, I suppose me being from a medical background um you know as as you know i'm a doctor um you know we're, we're familiar with this concept of amodal perception so mm. th the human being is built um to transfer between different senses mm -hmm. you know I, I can close my eyes and hold a ball 
and I can visualize what that ball looks like. So that's kind of taking mm. taking a sense in your hand and kind of perceiving it in a different way. And it seems that of all the four skills, listening gives you that best kind of cross mm. um, gains, I, I guess you could call it. Yeah. So, um, what, so what is the listening experience like? Um, okay. So, um, you know, if you go onto the app, um, we, we, we each unit has two different types of listening. Mm. Uh, the first is um, looking at a video. Uh, most units are, are videos. We have a few audio-only videos to really challenge users there, but uh, most of them are based on uh, videos which we selected whiteboard animations specifically um, uh, because they, uh, there was good research behind it, really, mm. in terms of kind of knowledge transfer and, and creating a, um, creating uh, an anticipation, mm. you know, in, in the user. Um, so you've got this piece of, uh, of listening associated with this, this animation that's, that's about to be revealed. Um, and what we've tried to do is try to take users away from the details and into the story. Okay. So, so even at a very early stage where you have a very limited vocabulary, uh, the, the the animation is supposed to tell you the mm. story. Um, and so the idea is to try and engage you into the purpose of your language mm. before engaging you into the, the nitty-gritty of your language. That's fascinating. Um, we, we've tried to do that as much as we can. You know, I mean, there, there are going to be limitations. Oh, sure, sure. Yeah. Uh, but we do that by, you know, the, the, uh, the, the scriptwriters uh, have been told about kind of creating... Um, stories with a butt in it generally. Mm -hmm. So, you know, if you think about the butt, you know, for example, the boy was walking along the street, but what happens next, right? So there's always, we're trying to incorporate twists into the stories. I, I, I think the point is that uh, we're trying to get listeners comfortable because of all the four skills, again, the research points to the fact that listening induces the most anxiety in learners. Mm. Um, and so I would say that most people taking a language probably need to get comfortable with listening for up to three months mm. before they'll kind of they'll feel happy about kind of going through that, the course. That point of anxiety is um is really interesting and really true. You know, yeah. like even even at this stage now, like it's a it's a bit of a shame to admit this. I'm a bit embarrassed in some ways, but like sometimes like if I'm in the message and people recognise me, like so sometimes it happens. Famous. That's the thing. They can't like, oh, draw like, an autograph, draw an autograph. But, yeah, exactly, yeah. But people like well, people have seen Arabic with Sam, right? Right. And I'm nervous that they're gonna start reeling off some Aramiya to me. Right. And I'm not right. gonna understand them. Yeah. Do you know yeah. what I mean? Because like Sam, you're you're Arabic with Sam. Like you're so, you're like like if you put yourself in a position where you're an Arabic teacher, there's an assumption that you know all Arabic that will ever yeah. come at you. Yeah. And if you don't, then like like I felt real anxiety with that. But but not even not even that. Like even before I was a teacher, like when I was a student and stuff, like it was almost embarrassing to say like like it's so common for people who study Arabic like here in the UK, even people at degree level like myself who are learning, like to have to explain to someone Oh, I know. I like. I'm learning Arabic, but I can only read and write it. <laughs> like, yeah, like there, there, yeah. there is definitely a lot of anxiety among students, and to be able to kind of bolt on this kind of resource onto whatever course or whatever they're doing at the moment is yeah. um, is a real understanding of of not only what the students need but what they want. Like sometimes, yeah. sometimes those things are quite different. Sometimes, and yeah. sometimes actually, so so that's an interesting point about what they want. Um, um, sometimes students want safety. So we, we've had a lot of requests to, for example, subtitle the videos. Interesting, yeah. and, and we've resisted that. Mm. Um, 
what we've done instead is we've we've created a vocabulary builder, which we've uh, you know we've we've moved into a, a talking transcript. So if you're if you're used to kind of um, watching TED lectures, for example, on their website, you'll you'll be used to the concept of mm. having the the <clears throat> the transcript scrolling as you uh, watch. Mm -hmm. um, so we did that and. Our initial trials, we, we, we're kind of uh, we're getting a little bit of feedback from our mm -hmm. early adopters. Um, what they're telling us is that they're able to actually push themselves to the next level up where they previously thought mm. that they weren't able to go till they've kind of say you were level four, really wanted to be comfortable with that before they move to the next level. Mm. Um, having a talking transcript allowed them to kind of push themselves a bit further, which is what mm. you need actually to, to, yeah, to progress yeah. as a learner. So that's that's been really encouraging. It, it it wasn't what we were expecting. Yeah, yeah. But you know, we'll we'll take it. <laughs> but that, but that's in, that's interesting though, because it it's a skill to be, to kind of listen to students at the end of the day, at the end of the day. Like students, they're 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 saying they're saying what they want, but they're interpreting what they what they want and saying it to you. Do you know what I mean? Like for like in like I remember us even having that conversation over a year ago about yeah. students kind of interacting with the prototype and asking for subtitles. And I have the same with quite a lot of my resources, but you know like. When they say that, what they really mean is they need a bit more support. And but but the way they interpret that is they need subtitles. Subtitle, yeah. And yeah. I find sometimes su subtitles don't necessarily do the job. Do you know what I mean? Like a, it seems like you've found a much more kind of sophisticated solution to that, which is really nice. Yeah. Yeah. Alhamdulillah. Um, I guess our resistance was the fact that we spent all this money on creating an animation <laughs> yeah, that, yeah, that yeah. people were just going to go and read anyway. Yeah. <laughs> um, but also, I think that there's a little bit of a skill, isn't there? In in um, I suppose when you start off as a learner, you want to know every word, mm. and there's a skill that you'll have in your first language, which is uh, your ability to to infer a word, mm. um, but get the gist of a sentence. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and that's that's going to be a high level skill, but you know why not train it from the very start? Mm. Why why not train yourself to be able to just fill in the blanks, mm. um, even if it means you know you've got a very limited vocabulary. Say you've got 100 to 150 words mm. very early on. Um, you're having a conversation. You can just guess by the the, the conversation that you're having mm. that you know it's it's within a certain realm. You're, you're mm. kind of able to narrow it down. Yeah. Um, you know, if someone's angry with you, you, you're not going to, you're not going to kind of think, you know, I've got to bring up my directions list. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Yeah, it's, yeah, it's, so, yeah. It's, it, I've got to kind of focus on a different set of words. And I think that uh, it happens subconsciously, sure. Mm. But I think it's something that you've got to train the anxiety out of you for. Yeah, yeah. And, and uh, yeah, I think that's going to be, I, I suppose it's going to be our biggest hurdle because obviously we're delivering this online. Mm. Uh, we're not there with the user to kind mm -hmm. of uh, guide them through that, which is why I think, um, you know, for the moment at least, um, uh, what we're offering is going to work best with a teacher or being on another course, mm -hmm. uh, which is why we, we just kind of focused in on saying, well, look, we're going to try and map this to every course out there. It's really good that you're um, clear and honest about that because... Mm. You know, like a lot of the time students kind of, um, they have an assumption that the way to learn Arabic is through a course. Do you know what I mean? And, and every Arabic resource, I think, is a course. And it's, um, it's, imp it's important kind of in your messaging to, to make that clear, I guess. Like mm -hmm. I, I wanted to ask you as well about, like, how, how was it that you came about with 
um, the idea of, of leveraging whiteboard animations. Because, you know, the, the reason why I ask is because I know how hard those things are to put out. <laughs> like, like, I think a friend of mine, a really good friend of mine, a guy called Asher, who runs a who runs a um, education company, and like he introduced me to them in like maybe 2014 or something. Right. And like... Um, like those things, they take a long time to put out. Yeah, like yeah. they're they're not they're not the like like for, like someone like myself on my YouTube channel. Like if I was going to put out a five minute video, how easy it is for me just to just to look into that camera and just bang it out compared to like like you're talking hours yeah, with the whiteboard animation. Yeah. And how many do you have in uh, so Aaron we've now? we've built hundred and fifty units. So I think that's been over yeah. eighteen months actually. So yeah. I think we've uh, and and of those, I think maybe six are just audio. Yeah, um, but uh, we've we've got a process now where you know we'll get the audio ready mm -hmm. and we'll just put it up there yeah. and then follow it up with the whiteboard animation yeah, yeah. As, as it comes through. So um, I don't know how many man hours it takes specifically because we've just got a pipeline and people mm. are working on it at different stages. But um, you know what I'd say is that if um, uh, if if you're determined to make something work, you'll find a way. Mm -hmm. um, you know we we've we've um, we've cut a, cut a lot of the kind of frivolities out, if you see what I mean. So if you, if you, for example, if you come to Whiteboard Animations the very first time, like we did, I think we started doing this about three or four years ago. Mm -hmm. And uh, our first video, which, which was going to be the concept video, took about eight months to make. Wow. So that just because we were trying to figure out the process as yeah. we were going along. Um, now we, we were, so in the lead up to MVP, we were churning out about, uh, about three to four a week. Okay. Um, and how, how many are on yeah. the team? Uh, quite a few, actually. Okay. So, so <laughs> okay. there, there are contractors that come in and out sure. as well, you know. Sure. Um, I, I think it helps to have a team, yeah. uh, which is why we always knew it had to be well-funded. Because yeah, yeah, yeah. um, I don't know if you've, you've met, dabbled with whiteboard animations, but, mm. you know, you can, you can do a whiteboard animation or, or you can do a whiteboard animation. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, so I, I think um, I, if... If you're going to go into whiteboard, it's got to be your thing. Yeah. Yeah, it's not something to just kind of step into. Well, unless you, you were doing something that was completely text-based, I think, mm. uh, you know, if you're just going to have the text written out rather than um, mm. um, characters and things like that, yeah. then... No, but there are ways yeah. to, like, to get the job done. Do you know yeah. what I mean? Like, there, there are, like, I think Video Scribe is, is, is one that I have access to. Yeah. And, like, like, you, like, like, if somebody wanted to, really wanted to teach Arabic, but they were really self-conscious on camera or something, there would be ways to kind of, and they, and they really wanted to create content or create educational videos, that there, there could be a way for them to get them out. Yeah. But, yeah. but like, the, the first thing that just struck me when looking at the videos is how good the Arabic writing is in it because right. like, because because a lot of the time these platforms they don't facilitate arabic no, writing no. and the students would all, would all vouch for me like how much more enjoyable the experience is when you actually get to see nicely written letters in the correct order joined yeah. nicely arabic you know look, looking at it like so sometimes i look at an arabic program and it's like a it's like a work of art sometimes like, but sometimes the students won't appreciate that do you know what i mean yeah, like, like you, yeah. you can look at an arabic program and like if you've tried to write a program yourself and you've you really thought about how the, the different concepts accumulate and how, you know, even like last night in the live in my live um, show last night, I was talking about even like buffer lessons to allow yes, concepts I, I, to kind I, yeah, of, I picked to up kind on of that catch actually. up and stuff yeah, like that. Yeah. Like, no, I think that was a really good call with the buffer lessons. Yeah, actually. like like especially in something linear. Like if something's yeah. linear, having a couple of buffer lessons that just allow students' brain just to accept yeah, yeah. the the madness <laughs> that's gone on. <laughs> it, you know. So so yeah, so sometimes like when I was looking at it, I was thinking, man. 
the students out there are not going to understand the, the, the beauty of yeah, this. Yeah. But, but they'll benefit from it, which is yeah. the important thing, obviously. Well, I, I suppose that it, it, it does make me think that, you know, when, when people put money into a course, mm -hmm. I suppose what they want is they want the maximum value that they can for that money. Yeah. And it's sometimes hard to... To, to for, for people to realize that actually brain space is part of that value. Yeah, yeah. Because they're just looking to consume the content. Mm. I think we need to kind of move away from that, actually. And, you know, I think uh, people need to understand that um, this is a lifestyle change I need to make. Yeah. You know, I need to incorporate this language, which means I've got to give it time mm. uh, and it's got to be regular time. It's not, you know, you, you kind of have a break for three months and you could have lost a year's worth yeah. of gains that, you, that you've had. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I, I think it's really important that people realize that, you know, it, it, whatever they're investing in, uh, part of that is just got to be that brain space to kind of mm. absorb it and, and reflect upon it. And uh, I suppose it's just like going to the gym, isn't it? You, mm. you, you, you're, you're putting on your gains while yeah. you rest, not while you're at the gym. That's a really good point, yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, we talk, yeah. I think I mentioned that a little bit in my, in my last show, actually, about how kind of... Like, I've noticed with a lot of students, even students I've spoken to who have, like, gone to the Islamic University in Medina and they've come home in the summer holidays. Sometimes they go back in the new year stronger yeah. just because they've had that whole summer holiday to kind yeah. of... Just let it let their you know let their brain accept it. You yeah, mean, even though yeah. you would think in theory they're out of practice, you know, which is interesting, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. I, I think it's just a case of letting that kind of you know you internalize things. You've you've mm. got to kind of be comfortable with them. I suppose that's that's mm. the thing. With them, um, so. with, with Arabic workshop, did you ever kind of? Um, like I'm only asking this because I've spoken to quite a lot of Arabic teachers now, and, and almost all of them have had this issue with feeling feeling a real pressure to like not charge very much for it did you d have you felt that like i i still do by the way <laughs> so like do, do you experience that so we we are grappling with that all the time sure. uh, i suppose because we are we're now at the first stage where we're actually starting to charge people um i i suppose the story that most people don't know is that uh uh, this project for me is about 10 years in the making. I've yeah. actually gone back and looked at videos I, I did 10 years ago. Sure. And, um, you know, trying to find the, the, the kind of secret sauce to it all. And um, I remember trying to enlist the help of people because, you know, you obviously feel passionate about your ideas. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, to try and get other people interested. And I, I, I remember kind of... Um, you know, just building a, a rough and ready website with, I think it was about five videos. I, I was getting into gardening then, so I kind of did a kind of Monty, um, what's it, Monty Don okay. kind of, you know. Are you still into bees, by the way? Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. nice, mashallah. Yeah, we still get honey every year. Oh, and from that. Yeah. Um, so I was kind of doing a kind of gardener's world type of, you cool. know, thing in Arabic. And... Uh, I remember um, taking this to a brother and a brother saying, oh my God, that's just the most boring thing I've ever, <laughs> <laughs> I've ever seen. Uh, yeah, but coming back to the, uh, the, the, the charging thing. So, you know, it was, it was always meant to be a labor of love and, uh, you know, sadaqah for, for, for the akhirah, that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. um, I think two things I realized along the way. Um, so when I decided to take this on kind of seriously, uh, as a, as a uh, you know, to set up a business, if you like. Mm -hmm. um, uh, firstly, is that the business, if you're, if you're serious about business, it brings uh, uh, with it a requirement for discipline. Yeah. 
uh, because at the end of the day, you're going to start hemorrhaging money, you know, yeah, and it's, yeah, it, it'll, it'll be your investor's money, which you should, at least for me, I feel more responsibility towards other people's money than, yeah. than my own. Um, and, and the second thing is it, it you know, the, the, there's a realization at some point that if you want the best people working for you, uh, you know, people get your mission. They just don't have time. You know, they've got other things in their life. And, and if you want the best people working for you, uh, you've just got to pay them. You yeah, know, you've, absolutely. You've yeah, got yeah. to make it, you know, you've got to kind of have their attention. Mm. Uh, and that that's when things just changed completely, mm. you know, kind of took on a different uh, rate and speed. And in fact, um, you know, you, you, what you do is you, you actually buy people time in their various disciplines mm -hmm. to to iterate on your product. Yeah. Um, so there's many times during the last three years where I've thought, you know, we've got to it. We've got to the final product. And then the audio guy will come along. So Omar, who is in Turkey, uh, he'll come along and say, you know what? I'm not quite happy with that audio. Uh, and you can't see it because yeah, <laughs> okay, you're, you're okay. not. Your audio isn't <laughs> yeah, your yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and then yeah. suddenly he says, you know what, I'm going to go away and work on this and mm -hmm. come back to you. So he'll be back then in the evening. And uh, suddenly you're like, oh, my God, we've got to redo all our videos now because <laughs> of this quality yeah. improvement. Yeah. And so there are, there are literally jumps that you have. And, and you know, we've had the same with the uh, – uh, we use Videoscribe, but we use a combination of Videoscribe and uh, Adobe Suite. But you can tell. Yeah. And um, – so there's, there's always when there's a kind of realization that you know there's a tiny little problem here we never kind of focused on it before but you know uh, we can use this other program to kind of come in and sort this problem out yeah uh, that then becomes the standard you know mm. and then you find the next standard and then the next standard mm. and um, so we, we've actually managed to find a way to try and get full animations now so for yeah. full uh, stop-motion animations mm. and uh, the question is whether we should take that leap because obviously it, it means expanding the team a little bit more sure. now, all of a sudden sure. you know? so yeah it's it's I, I suppose that's what charging for the product properly I does for you it kind of focuses yeah. your attention a little I, bit I'll more. just say I can't believe how cheap it is I, I think <laughs> I think you're off your head <laughs> <laughs> but but like uh, but but considering the kind of product that it is, it is right, right? Like I think there's something that you bolt onto your course, even mm. though it's even though it's more thought out than the course, the main course you're doing, even if it's better funded than the actual course you're doing, I think it would be justify. It'd be it'd be difficult to justify anything different to what you're currently doing. Right. So like, yeah. when I look no. at it and I think this thing. Like this thing's a beast. Like, they, they, like this thing's like like a, a lot of time and effort has gone into it from a lot of different people over a lot of different a lot of time. But for what it is, it, it is right. Do you know what I mean? Just, just yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's it's finding that balance, isn't it? Because because um, I, I I think it'd be fair to say that you know most of the discussions uh, that we've had, it's always been about the mission. Mm. It's it's you know how do we get as many people on board as possible? If we could do it for free, we would. You know if yeah. it, if we were if we were funded yeah, yeah. somewhere. But you know I think as well that there is a little to be said about people having to pay a little bit for what they have to do, whether it's in money or it's in in some other way. There's a lot to be said for that. Yeah, yeah. I, I think you just take it a little bit more seriously if you, if you pay for it. You know. Definitely. There's a you know a, a saying that. Um, you know, I had an interview recently with someone who, who's hopefully going to be a guest again on the podcast. But um, I, I remember this thing that I'd heard online somewhere that the more someone pays, the more they pay attention. You know, like for, for the Arabic in 60 Steps program, for my program, like when I run it with 
you know, like I have mentors who work for me who check in with the students every week and stuff like that. And when a student parts with nearly £500 for that programme, they're turning up. Like £500 is a lot of money for it's most people money, to, to invest yeah. in their education. Do you know what yeah. I mean? Like, like they are checking in with their mentors every week. If I'm mm. not doing everything I'm supposed to be doing, they're, they're on to me the next day. Yeah. Like if yeah. they're not getting everything they need and like... You know, that, and that, that's really true. That's actually, very that's, true. I've never thought about it that way. It's actually keeping us honest as well, isn't it? Yeah, as, yeah. As, 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 uh, uh, as the manufacturers or the, mm. the, the, the service providers. Mm-hmm. Um, and I suppose that, that's the thing. It's kind of ensuring that we maintain the quality mm. in that transaction. So, yeah, yeah I think that the, it's the, kind the, of good all the way around. It is, yeah. The only reason why I asked about it, like... It's just because I know so many Arabic teachers struggle with it. Like I, yeah. I, I know because there's kind of a, there's kind of an expectation for for Arabic teachers to not like over promote themselves or things that are meant for the religion to not appear like too uh, corporate or markety. But like, but in the meantime, in the meantime, Starbucks are marketing to them. They're paying four quid for a coffee. In the yeah. meantime, <laughs> like yeah. whilst whilst we're whilst we're worrying, oh, we don't want to push a product too much in the yeah. meantime. Yeah. Like, but where, whereas you, when you actually have something that the amount of time and effort has gone into. It is, um, it, if, any, like, if anything, it's a duty upon you mm. to make sure that it actually gets into the hands of people who benefit from it. Yeah, I mean, I get that. I think we all wrestle with that, uh, don't yeah, we? Sure, because sure. it's, it's, it's um, I, I guess some of the guilt is maybe that, you know, that the, the audience is largely coming from a, from a Dean point of view. Mm. And, you know, I think there's a sense of like, should we be exploiting this or doing it for free? You know, will our reward be diminished? I, I, I get all of that. Um, I, I mean, I suppose the, the the way to look at it is the other way. I mean, we've both been learners. Um, you know, I've never been a teacher, so I, I think it's probably important I say that from the start. So I'm, I'm the 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 team. I, I I suppose was initially more about the user experience. Yeah, you know, and I think that's where, maybe where my advantage was with this mm. product. Um, but if if you're coming at it from a from a user perspective, um, you know you're holding teachers to that high standard, you know, mm. that they, they should be doing this for the deen and they should be doing this for free. You know, look at what Imam Malik did and, mm. you know, he sold the roof on his, his uh, wood on his roof to, to kind of ensure that he was gaining knowledge and things like that. Mm. Uh, but th- there were other people that were were taking money for, for, for their, the ilm that they were, they were giving their, their and, students. And taking money for Rukia and stuff. Exactly, I mean? like, yeah. exactly. So, it, you know, it, it's... Like, dude, I suppose the point I'm I'm thinking of is like, if you as a user are holding your teachers up to that kind of standard, are you holding yourself to that standard Mm. as well as a learner? You know, are you taking this seriously? Mm. Um, I I learned my Arabic from uh, um, from a student of knowledge uh, from Medina. He's he's actually a a student of Sheikh Haytham at the moment. uh, his name's Faraz Farhat, um, and uh, you know I, I remember starting in a class. Um, we, we we did the Medina books to start off with. I guess that's where all of this starts from. Okay. Uh, you know, it stems from is having completed the Medina books. I was just you know, what do I do now? Like I can't have this sure. conversation with people. Yeah. Um, uh, I was the only one to finish it. Like in the last year of that class, <laughs> sure, it was yeah. just me and him. You know, yeah, yeah. and and I loved it. Don't get me wrong. Yeah, but, it's yeah, like, yeah. Uh, you know, we, we we eventually kind of were able to read Usul al Fiqh and and uh, uh, Tafsir and things like that. But uh, I think the point is, you know, we were holding him to the standard. He never charges for classes, mm-hmm. right? 
and he's such an amazing resource just just based on the kind of knowledge he has and and how well read he is mm-hmm. um but you know is is that kind of standard being Mm. You know, you, no, I, I think our perspective one is. Way. I think our perspective is wrong in, in a number of ways. That we kind of idealise the way the students in the past learn. Yeah. Whereas, like, you've got to understand, like, the learning wasn't free for them. They maybe walked ten miles to get to their lesson. Yeah. Something. It wasn't. It wasn't free. Yeah. Like a, a lot of the time, even they'd have to prove that they're qualified to sit at the feet of these teachers who would teach them free. Exactly. Do you know what I mean? Like, it's, it, it was, <laughs> yeah. it's never the case that it was just free. And like, yeah. even if, even if you were just to think of it, like. I mean, what is the pittance you charge? Is it like seven pound a month or something? Eight pound a month? Yeah, we charge seven pounds a month for the monthly. Yeah. Fine. Okay. Yeah. So, so like, so that amount, like, you could think of that as just packaging. Like, that's packaging it in a way that's that's convenient for people of our times and yeah. the problems that these yeah. students have. No, no, I got have. that. I got so, that. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. So, so uh, it's a good way to think about it. Actually. <laughs> so, so let's um. Let's kind of bring it back a little bit to like, I always like to kind of start the show just talking about the main thing that we really want to talk about. And, right. then, and then if we kind of, and then it's nice to build a bit of context about how we kind of, how we kind of got there. So mm-hmm. what, what's your background, by the way? Like, where are your family from? And um, so my, my family are uh, from Goa in India. So you're not an Arab? So I'm not an Arab, no. Okay. Although, uh, you know, I've got a funny story to tell about that a, a bit later <laughs> okay, on. <laughs> okay, okay. Um, I, I think I think the Yemenis had travelled down there actually, rather than you know, um, uh, sorry, the Egyptians and the Yemenis had travelled to South India. So I mm-hmm. think the Islam in South India tends to be Shafi, for example. Okay, that's you really know, interesting. That's, it is uh, uh, looking at the history, um, but uh, uh, obviously not relevant to my life. I'm 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 uh, I I used to be Catholic. Uh, I converted in. Uh, 1999. Oh, mashallah. Yeah, yeah. Mashallah. At the, at the, um... Oh, so this year it's like 20 years? 20 years, yeah. yeah. Oh, mashallah. Yeah, 20 years. And, um, you know, interestingly, um, my Arabic started actually a year before I converted. Oh, really? Yeah. Wow, that's really interesting. So, <laughs> yeah. but were you born in the UK? Or were you born... I, no, I was, I was born in Goa. Okay. Um, my family were based in Oman, actually, until we were, until I was 13. And okay. It came here during the 1990 World Cup. In my opinion, okay. the best World Cup that there ever was. I don't <laughs> like, know if people uh, were any, any exposure to Islam? Then? So, no, I, that, that's really interesting. I had no idea about Islam. We would see a lot of stuff on TV, right? And, um, for example, we would see the tawaf going on during the Hajj and stuff like that. Sure. But obviously, you uh, rationalize, you know, the, the kind of ideas that you have a, a, around at the time. And so, for me, this was just another shrine to another religious person. So I, I mm. always believed it was the grave of the Prophet oh, and so that people were making tawaf around it yeah, because yeah. they were respecting the Prophet So, you know, and there was no one there to really correct that. And uh, I, I, um, I really converted when I went, uh, when I started med school. Um, and, you know, I think credit to the brothers, I don't have an amazing story to tell about that. It was just drip, drip, dour, yeah, really, sure. until the kind of penny dropped. Okay. Um, was it was it medical school just because you're Indian? <laughs> that's, that's the obvious thing. <laughs> uh, for sure. <laughs> yeah. Of course it was. Okay, good. So yeah, I mean, I've I've, I've got this kind of I, I like to think I've got this kind of creative streak in me, but you know, that's kind of didn't matter. It didn't matter. No. <laughs> 
That's so funny. You know, my sister's doing medicine at the moment. Oh, is she? Yeah, okay. I, 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 might, I might have mentioned it to you. She's maybe in her third year or something. Oh, yes, you now. did, actually. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah she's, she's in a lot of pain. Really? <laughs> yeah, okay. yeah. Yeah, okay. It's, yeah it's, you know it's hard work. Obviously. Yeah, it is. You know it is hard it's, work. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, you know, actually, interestingly, again, it's another story to tell, but I'm, I'm, uh, I, I, I've done a lot of teaching of medical students, and actually that's oh, where sure. a lot of the research for Arabic workshop kind of came from That's actually really that came from that place because mm. uh, you're talking about people who are, who are needing to perform at a high level yeah, yeah. very quickly yeah um, and so I just wondered whether we could take some of those ideas and and apply it into that's Arabic you know so I think that's yeah, yeah that's, that's really interesting yeah that is really interesting like I I think it's particularly um admirable if you don't mind me saying that like like someone who is a like you're, you're a GP like you yeah you're, I'm a GP you're, like you still work as a, as a, as a I GP. still work as a GP but still yeah. even like if, if you're in that position you still work as a GP like you're pro probably relatively comfortable to decide to take on a project like this for like what the past 10 years yeah <laughs> well it's, it's been frustration for most of those 10 years <laughs> yep. but yep. yeah I, I got serious about it I I, I suppose I, the, the positive spin to give on it is that you know um I, I'm in a place in my career where I could use the relative stability to actually go into developing something like this, whereas mm. a lot of people are actually struggling to just make things work for them, you know. So on a that's basis. been the case so, for me most yeah. of the time, right? Like, because I, I was a primary school teacher for like a term. Right. And then my wife told me that she was pregnant with our first boy, Yusuf. And um, we've got two now, by the way. Did you know that? Yeah, I did yeah, know that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> we've got two yeah. now, yeah. yeah so that, that, there was nothing to be said about the second one we last met. And now all of a sudden, well, there's another baby in another room. Yeah, but, no, I think you've been texting. Yeah, I think that when we texted each other, you did mention yeah, that. Yeah, so, so, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, at that point. So, like, I don't know why I... Like, obviously, normally, like, if your wife tells you that you're going to have a baby, like, most people would think, well, I should need to stay. I need to keep this job. Do you know yeah, what I mean? But yeah. I, for some reason, I didn't think like that. I thought, like, well, it's now or never. Yeah. I, need, I, I need to, like... <laughs> Like, if I don't take my life onto a trajectory that I want, then I'm never going to be able to. Right. Do you know what I mean? Like, I wouldn't advise that for most people. If it, but, like, but that, that was just my story. And, like, yeah. and, and, and you know, like, it, yeah, it's just really interesting to hear about the, the, the evolution of this project, really. Because, obviously, mm. for, for, for myself, it's been, um, a lot of it has just been, well, what, what can I use from my own ability and my own experience at university and, and the traveling I've done and stuff to try to try to package something of value. But it's, it's, it's nice to see an experience where the, 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 the team that you have have gone from a position of comfort to, to say, because most people choose not to do extra. If people are comfortable, people settle for that normally. Yeah. People don't normally choose to take on a project <laughs> like this. But to, to see it kind of worked backwards, because you kind of have the privilege at that point to be able to say, well, what is what do the students need rather than, you know, I kind of yeah. want to say at the beginning of this show, like what are the, to start with what the students need, need rather, yeah. than, rather than just what you can provide and then try to encourage people to pay for it. Yeah. You know? So I think in that sense, this, this was the only point in my life that I, I you know, it, it was the, the, the most logical point in my life to do this because I think, um, you know, I don't know about you, but most of my life has been pre-Facebook, right? Okay. Uh, and I know that kind of seems like the reverse of a zombie apocalypse to most people. <laughs> yeah. It's like, what did you guys do? Anybody who knows what TikTok is, <laughs> yeah, they do not exactly. know that world. <laughs> exactly. I mean, you know, I, I, uh, we, we have this joke in my family about the, 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 uh, the, the, the kind of uh, difference between papyrus and paper and, you know, the kind of way things have progressed yeah, right now, yeah. you know. And uh, uh, so... I think, firstly, the, the the fact that it's become so much more easy for people to set up mm. a business now. Yeah. 
um, I, it, it just made, made more sense. Um, I think the other kind of advantages I had, you know, I, I had experience of teaching people who are needing high performance, uh, to perform highly, should I say. Um, so I've kind of got that uh, or have had that under my belt with a good understanding of what that involves. Um, but I think um, also, um, you know, I think we uh, Arabic specifically as a language is a little bit behind the curve mm. uh, at the moment. Uh, and so I think for me, it, it was like a huge opportunity to say, well, look, you know, could we get uh, Arabic actually not just ahead of the curve, but setting the standards mm. for other languages? Like, could, could we... Um, so I suppose this is where the ambition of the project lies is... Could we start to analyze the data that we're getting back to answer really important questions in linguistics research? Mm. You know, um, I think the whole idea of user-led innovation has mm. now taken hold. You know, yeah. prior to that, it was it was a case of you know you became the professor or you became the expert in your field and you dictated the terms. Mm -hmm. It was actually Facebook changed all of that. You know, largely it was Facebook. Mm. You know, it was suddenly the user experiences king. Yeah, and I think um, Arabic could benefit a lot from that actually. And I, um, you know, Alhamdulillah, this journey has kind of allowed me to meet really interesting people. You know, people doing research at Oxford University, for example. One of the very first people I met was uh, this sister Anna Maria, uh, who is um, just about to finish a, a, a dissertation on motivation and engagement in Arabic learners. Wow at secondary schools, mm -hmm. right? And I just can't wait for that, uh, the, the results of, for that to come through because that's just going to inform so much in terms of how we deliver content mm. to users and how we keep them engaged. Yeah. Um, so I think it's kind of the right time on that curve for Arabic, really. You know, we, mm. we, I, I think we're going to have to start... So we, we, we talk about in, in medical education about the ivory tower and the muddy swamps. Right, so the ivory tower is obviously what we, we recognize as the ivory tower, people of knowledge who dictate the terms and say that these are the standards. Yep. Well, actually all the learning is done in the muddy swamps. Okay. And, and it's, that is where you've got to be kind of listening to your users to find out how do I get you out of the swamps onto those little patches of certainty, mm. you know, until you get to areas where that certainty has, yep. has increased massively. Mm. I might put out a, a, a blog post about that. It's, it's quite okay. a nice idea for teachers mm. to kind of understand. And, yeah. uh, so, that, so at Arabic <coughs> Workshop, I have seen some of the articles actually on your Facebook and on your Instagram page, you're promoting some of those. So, mm. so you, like, some of the team are writing articles? Uh, yeah, yeah. So I, I, think, um, I, I, I think it's largely going to, the, the first thing's going to be kind of explaining our model because it's not, you know, we're not packaging a course, mm. like you said. I think it's going to take time for people to understand that first. Uh, but then um, I, I think I would like, this is my own personal ambition, I'd like the project to kind of inform research mm. um, uh, or, you know, be part of that research process because I, I, I think it's really important that we're, we're listening to people, looking at the experiences um, and trying to kind of correct mistakes. Mm. Um, you know, I think linguistics is not as much of an exact science as medicine or physics is, for example. So it, I think it's going to be much harder to kind of um, get opportunities to, um, I don't know, answer important questions like, um, you know, is, 
let's let's pick a question, I suppose. Uh, is uh, yeah. So is the writing method um, actually an effective one? Yeah, cool. You know, and and at what stage is it effective? Mm. You, there's no doubt that writing mm. uh, the, or the process of writing actually mm. helps you as a human being, right? Yeah. Uh, uh, kind of understand your ideas, but at what point do we introduce that to to make? Uh, learners of a language really effective at their language, yeah, yeah. you know. So the, those are the kind of questions that, so, that would be good, really interesting yeah. to answer. It's a good point about there being kind of a lot of merit and virtue to try to build um, data about the way in which people are learning Arabic, mm. because you know, like the the attempts. Whilst there are a lot of really good attempts out there, and there are a lot of people who are genuinely really trying to help their students, obviously, but a lot of it is really disjointed. Like there's tons of stuff that, that mm. teachers are learning in the trenches, in the muddy swamps, yeah. rather right? that they're learning about how students are learning and stuff. But there's you know, another teacher might have to teach another five years, whereas if we just kind of had something more effective yeah. for actually accumulating knowledge about that, yeah, that's, absolutely. That's, that's interesting. So um, so to kind of go back to the kind of accumulation up to this, right? So okay, so you do, so you go to medical school at what, what age? What age did you start medicine, medical school? Um, uh, eight, uh, gosh. 17, 18? Okay. I think it's okay. 18. Okay, so 18, fairly typical, yeah. like, like A-levels and then and So then you, do, you do your A-levels and then yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay, yeah. you had to do physics, chemistry, maths or whatever? I, I didn't do physics, unfortunately. I, I wish I'd, you know, I had a time machine and went back and <laughs> kicked myself and did yeah. physics because it's actually the most fascinating. So I did biology, chemistry and maths. Okay, my, my yeah. sister did that as well, actually. Right. So like, funnily, chemistry is more useful, isn't it? It's like... It is, it's, uh, no, no, I don't mean more useful. What I mean is like the medical school value it higher than biology. Is that is that right? So yes, it is right because That's they're going to they're going to teach you all the biology. Got it. And um, largely, um, you know, subjects taught in science at A levels. Mm -hmm. uh, when when you start doing it at university, I've heard from people who've done chemistry as well. You've got to unlearn a lot of that. Okay. To to, to start afresh. Mm. So I think they they prefer to teach you the biology themselves. Got it. Um, which is why I mean it was it was really interesting. We never took the human uh, human biology uh, module, even though you know the it's actually one hundred percent of our class were going to go into medicine. Okay, <laughs> well, that was the <laughs> right, ambition. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, but they didn't want to. Instead, we kind of learned botany. You know, and, right. and, like at the time, I remember thinking oh, it was the most boring thing in the world. Yeah. Then I got into gardening when I was kind of when I was kind of <laughs> in my late thirties. So. Okay. Okay. Right. So. So, so, yeah. so, so, so looking at the timeline, right? So what, what do you study? Do you study in London? So yeah, I studied in London, uh, South London more specifically. Okay. And uh, I went to um, uh, med school in, in South London as well okay, as St. George's. So, okay, yeah. that's where my sister is. Yeah. Oh, is she? Okay. So changed a lot since I've been there. So. Yeah, I bet. Yeah, yeah. It's quite a small uni, isn't it? Like, is it only for, for medical? It's, it's only medical yeah, because right. the campus is so far away from other campuses. Mm. So yeah, it had... It had um, it, it, it's it's positives were that you know you really got into a, a, a good group of people if you yeah, yeah. you know and you kind of built uh, relationships that last. That's good. But the uh, the slight problem with going to medical school is that your ideas don't go challenged. Okay. So, <laughs> you know, there's a kind of downside okay. to it. You know, I, I think people tend to valid. Uh, so medics think in a certain way, mm -hmm. um, and uh, it, it's sometimes easy for you to kind of you know, fall into a certain way of thinking and not be challenged by people in the arts and things yep. like that. So I think I would have preferred to have gone to a university. That's interesting. Yeah. So, did, so did you come yeah. to Islam when you were at university? Uh, so yes, I did, yeah. Oh, okay. So I, I think uh, it was year three, actually. Okay. So third year, I would have been about 19 at the time. Okay. And uh, you married? 
I am married, yeah. MashaAllah. Yeah. Did, did, you, did you meet someone at university or after? I did, yes. Alhamdulillah. Okay. So alhamdulillah. another medical student? Another medical student. Yeah. MashaAllah. <laughs> another Indian? So, or? so, no, no, she's English actually. <laughs> okay. Alhamdulillah. Um, so they, they say that most medics tend to marry medics. Right. Yeah, okay. it's, it's just, I, I, I think on one of the induction lectures, the professors, you know, get the parents to kind of look to the right and left and say that, you know, these are your future in-laws. Yeah, kind of yeah, thing. yeah, yeah. That's really <laughs> so, funny. That's so, really funny. But no, she, she's a medical researcher. So, okay. um, you know, got a good um, kind of medical background. Okay. And did she, she like embrace Islam at a similar time to you? So she was maybe a year before me, okay. um, but she did it largely because she spent a gap year in Malaysia okay. and had a really good experience there. Oh, and, you know, it was uh, a different journey to mine. That's amazing, Masha. Uh, and then, yeah, so so you would have met at university, and was it? Um, did you did you get married whilst you were still studying medicine? Uh, yes. Wow. Yeah, okay. Yeah. So we we were about 18, 18 months to my graduation when, okay. when we got married. Yeah. Okay, mashallah. I, I, know, I know a brother, so I spoke to a brother recently, who um, he's been married for like a year now, but his wife is Dutch, and they, they were studying Arabic together at SOAS, and um, she embraced Islam, and then like two weeks later, like they were just, like after a lesson or whatever, they were revising in a coffee shop, and he was like, do you want to meet my mum? <laughs> and she just goes, do you want to... She, well, 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 she, she was She was like, do you want to marry me? And he was like... All right. <laughs> and then like they... <laughs> and, so romantic. I know, I Pretty much like like two weeks later, like Nikah was done. Well, like literally, she, she's, she's not been a Muslim for a calendar month. Yeah. Like, yeah. And, and, and she's married to this brother, mashallah. <laughs> yeah, mashallah. Yeah, like I, like I would have loved to have got married when I was at uni. But, mm. um, you know, qadrallah, the, the opportunity didn't, didn't come around. But, but yeah. I, I got married pretty much straight. Like I graduated obviously in, what, July of 2015. And then I was married in the September. Okay. 2015. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So, that, so, so that, yeah, like, but, it, but, like, at university, there's obviously a lot of, there's a lot of fitna. Like, it would really, really protect yeah, you. Like, yeah. I, I don't know if it's just because I was a 21 year old male at university, but it seemed like SOAS was full of pretty women as well. I don't know. If it's just because you're like, like, I thought like, have all the pretty women just come to this university? <laughs> like, 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 I don't, I don't know. If it's just I, I think you're a 21 year old male. That's yeah, what it is. probably. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, I don't mean to. Let's come out the wrong way. <laughs> but that's that's exactly that's what I'm like. Come out the wrong way. <laughs> yeah. So, but it wasn't just me. I'd be in the prayer room with some brothers. I'm like, are all, like, are all the women at the university pretty? Like, we can't seem to get married. But that's that's why. Like, I asked him, and I asked you the same about whether you got married at university. Cause, yeah. Because. Um, because it's rough out there. It, it is, it is. And, you know, I think, um, I mean, obviously people have to decide for themselves and, and you know, uh, make sure that it's right for themselves. But I, I think marriage is one of the biggest protections for your deen mm. um, in, in that kind of environment. Yeah, for sure. 100%. For sure. So, okay, yeah, so, so get married at university and then afterwards, like, how, how long is there between then and you starting to think, to starting to think about Arabic workshop? Oh, right. Okay, that, that's an interesting thing. So... I think um, uh, when, when you start Arabic, uh, at least in those days, um, pretty much your influence is going to be people like Hamza Yusuf, right? Yeah, yeah. And you, you want to kind of, you want to be the, 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 the next kind of Hamza Yusuf. That, that's probably what, what's happening. Or, you know, like in my case, you, you kind of like the technicalities of it. So your dream is to, to memorize Al-Fiyat to Murdoch. Okay, yeah. Something like that, right? Um, and I, I suppose it's only really on becoming a parent that I 
that, that you start thinking about other people. Mm. Um, you know, so I, I, I remember when, when Medina um, uh, didn't be, uh, like became not an option for me. There was a, there was a partic- particular point where I realized I was just going to have to choose a career in medicine mm. or choose to go off and study. And, uh, you know, I can remember being completely distraught about it. Yeah. And um, I, I suppose initially your your ambitions are always going to be personal. You know, mm. you want to kind of excel and you want to get, get to this uh, certain level. Um, I suppose at some point there was a realization when when it was to do with my own children because I'm I'm I wouldn't say I'm a natural teacher, uh, so you know I mentioned I do the medical teaching, but medical teaching is actually a case of knowledge transfer and really mm. highly motivated people. Yeah, yeah, you know it's not like teaching a class. Mm. Um, so I'm not a natural teacher. So my kids are actually they they whatever they've got has not been for me. Um, okay. uh, but I I suppose. Um, How many kids do you have, by the way? I've got three. Okay, yeah, mashallah. What, what age is Oldest is 16. Oh, now. mashallah. Yeah, so he's just starting his A-levels. Oh, mashallah. And uh, the youngest is 11. Okay, mashallah. Yeah, into BMX and things like that. Of course yeah. he is. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, so, uh, you know, I think uh, as I was thinking about how they needed to kind of... Um, I need. I needed to make Arabic interesting for them. Mm. Um, I started to think about, um, you know, introducing. I, I or wishing that I had the, the ability to talk to them about their interests in Arabic. Okay. And I think then it kind of dawned upon me that actually, the the way to kind of learn a language is 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 always going to be a personal path for you. Mm. You know, you uh, will make a language come alive for you, when you are able to kind of talk about your interest, yeah. your job, you know, your personal circumstances. And that largely most courses are, are there, you know, from, from an independent learner point of view, it's going to be completing Medina books, Abena Yadek, largely. Yeah. That, 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 those are the two major ones. And Arabic, uh, the, the 60 steps with uh, of Arabic course. with Sam, of course. Of course. I, haven't, uh, <laughs> I, should, I should let you know, I haven't paid him for, yeah. <laughs> um, uh, but um, or the gateway books or whatever. Yeah, or whichever whichever system you know, and and they're all pretty good at what they do. I suppose you know if you've got the right backing as well. Sure, sure. You know, I think that's. Um, but how how you know how does an individual make it a, a a kind of major concern for them? Yeah, and it's only going to be when they can start to talk about their life experiences and even make jokes. Mm. in that language. And I think that that was um, something that I realized once I started taking conversation classes. So I, I, I do um, I do sessions on italki with, mm. uh, that was how I met most of my team actually, was okay. through this one brother that I kind of did uh, italki classes They're with. They're a sponsor of the channel, by the way. Sorry? Italki. They're a sponsor of the channel. Oh, are they? Yeah, okay. yeah, so get an extra shout out. Okay, nice. I'll have a charge them for that. I'll send you an invoice, italki. No, go on. Yeah, I mean, the, the, the concept's amazing. You yeah, know, yeah. And I, I, you know, uh, I always thought, you know, is this something that we need to kind of uh, kind of get a dedicated Arabic thing going for? But, you know, I think they're so strong at the moment yeah. uh, that, you know, I, I don't think there's any point for anyone to really go there. No, so, no. You know, but um, I, I uh, yeah, so I think having these kind of conversations, I deliberately chose someone who wasn't a teacher because I really wanted to have conversations. Okay. Um, 
And then suddenly we got to the stage where, you know, we were laughing about things. Uh, and, you know, I, I, initially I wouldn't get the whole gist of it. Uh, sorry, I wouldn't get the, all the details of it, but I'd get the gist. Yeah, got it. You know, and um, it kind of dawned upon me. My daughter kind of passed by one uh, uh, my, my room one day and uh, she said, Dad, I didn't realize you were so fluent. You're just like, blah, 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 blah. <laughs> I was like, well, I didn't realize yeah, I, was, yeah. I was that until... I was actually, you know, the, the uh, I was using language as a vehicle to do the com communication. Like mm. the, the language was just being removed as this kind of barrier. Mm. Um, and so I think we need to see that actually. We, we need to, like teachers need to make students perhaps realize that, you know, language is just your wasila. It's, mm. it, it's your means to... To, to something else yeah and you've just got to find that something else that's a very nice way for us to kind of um, to kind of close the loop about what we talked about in the beginning of um, the beginning of the show where we talked about how um, in Arabic workshop in your animations there'll often be there'll be a narrative that students will follow and, and almost the it, it almost kind of leads the students to believe that the language that they're actually learning is almost secondary yeah you know in, in some yeah. cases obviously Obviously, they're subscribed to Arabic workshop, and they yeah. know they're Arabic. Uh, they're obviously, here for Arabic. Yeah. obviously yeah. right. Sure. But, but the concept is, <laughs> but the concept is the case, right? Yeah, that, yeah. That, that, that's nice. Before we close, inshallah, and there is one last thing I want to talk talk to you about. Because I remember when when we met last time. I remember you mentioning that you were a purple belt in jiu-jitsu. Is that right? <laughs> yes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, like, yeah. how? Like, have you like trained? The reason why I want to talk about it because like, it's always interesting with anyone who's trained martial arts and like, like is it right? You're a purple belt. Yeah, I am a purple. Purple belt. belt's yeah. a legit grappler. Like, if, if yeah. you've trained to be a purple belt, what five or six years? Did you try um, and to get that? Uh, no, so but again, uh, you know, it's the Ryan journey is, is always a weird <laughs> and complicated one. Okay, go on, here we go. So no, no, it's, it's been about 15 years to get yeah, the purple, but yeah. that's largely been because, uh, you know, Korea has yeah, not yeah. taken breaks and uh, injuries and mm. things like that. And yeah. uh, no, that, that makes tons of sense. Like, like the shortest I've ever known people to get to like purple belt is about six years. Like people who go yeah. like... That, that's from like real scratch yeah so like sort of six years people who go regularly like jiu-jitsu it tends to be sort of three or four times a week that the people who yeah. progress really quickly do so like people who train martial arts to any kind of serious level often often kind of they turn to like really philosophical about lots of other things a lot of the time and it'd just be interesting to know about kind of um well, like, I, I think you kind of took from it what um bjj uh, as opposed to other martial arts uh, uh does is um there's there's a kind of you can decide that you're going to be a, a, a really a scrapper mm -hmm. uh you know you're going to be this scrappy fighter who's just going to kind of make things happen yeah or you can be really technical and you can kind of get over the problems of of dealing with scrappy people with technicalities mm -hmm. and you can guess which one i settle for <laughs> <laughs> okay yeah 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 so i mean you know some eventually like so, some people in my class started calling me professor and stuff like <laughs> yeah, that yeah, yeah. i was really interested in the dynamics and how mm. you can make um, different body shapes work. Yeah. Um, you know, I'm, I'm always, uh, you know, I, I, I take what you mean about purple belts, you know, um, there, there's a huge dropout even before you get to the blue yeah, belt yeah, stage. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but I'm always amazed to see black belts fight because it's just a complete conservation of movement. They're, yeah. they're kind of as relaxed as you can get, minimal movement, but they're achieving such massive kind mm -hmm. of, you know, leveraging uh massive opponents you know and mm. really getting um yeah. uh, kind of control of them i, I always so i think of, that's what kind of got me uh, into mm. bjj really. you know i always yeah. kind of in my head like when i roll with people i always kind of draw a parallel in my head between having a conversation with someone because when i tap it's it's similar to saying i don't understand that 
you know I mean? It's very yeah. similar to that. Like, yeah. You know, so I some, guess that's so, the so, philosophy coming in. Yeah, yeah. like so yeah. sometimes people will attempt a submission or whatever, and like I'll know an escape from it. So it's like I know the response in a conversation, and, yeah. and like just just whenever kind of, you know, I get. You know, whenever I find like learning language, obviously I'm learning Somali. Like my level of Somali is anywhere near as good as my Arabic or whatever. And I'm always trying to practice with my wife and whatever. And like I find myself in positions where like I don't know what's happened or like or, or, or in my business or trying to build this channel or whatever. I, I, I don't you know sometimes I get to a point where I need to tap. Do you know what I mean? To try to take a step back and then learn about what happened. Yeah. And when when I when I get to roll with people, it kind of because you can forget like when you're being when another grown man's trying to strangle you to death. It's very easy to like block out the noise of the other things that are going yes. on and think about yeah. it in a really mechanical, really physical way in front of yeah. you. And, I, I know, and also, I suppose in that scenario, it's about how far can I push myself before I lose consciousness. You know? <laughs> that's true. I, I, no, it's, that's it's, interesting. It's so, so I think that's that's why BJJ gives you a lot of confidence. Is you're putting your body, body under stress where most people would back out. Mm. Um, and it's really teaching you kind of grit and determination. Well, actually, you know. Um, so we, we used to do a little bit of MMA as well and you know the first time you take a shot to the face yeah. not that I'm advocating like sure. you know, shot, shots to the face but it's inevitable that you do any martial art you're going to take a shot to the face at mm -hmm. some point um, it, it's just like the world has ended right <laughs> Yeah. Uh, and I think boxers will understand that even yeah, yeah. more than others but you know after a while you realise that you can take a few shots on the way down mm. to the position that you want to be in yeah. to then win you know, and I think that's what, uh, you know, really uh, martial arts, particularly if you have a good teacher who, who mm. can give you that kind of philosophy behind yeah. it, it a, kind of teaches, yeah. teaches you. It just kind of builds your confidence for everything else. There's so life. much virtue in it. You know, there's, there's a dojo where I like to train in East London. Um, it's, it's called Submission School. And like it's a group of like it's it's like the, the guy who runs it is a Muslim guy. And the majority of the people who train there are Muslims as well. And there's a lot of kind of kind of a Muslim philosophy towards our, our training and our be, us being a team and stuff. Yeah. And there's, you know, really like the teacher, he talks more about the virtues of, of jiu-jitsu off the mat than on the mat. Yeah, it's, yeah. Um, yeah, so, yeah, that's interesting. I definitely know what you mean about being punched in the face. The one, the one, the one for me, the one for me was being leg kicked. I don't know right. if, if you've ever been leg kicked by someone who's a good kickboxer. Yeah, yeah, that's, I used to do a bit of like, kickboxing as well. Yeah. Or even like being punched in the liver and stuff. Like yeah. when you get when you get hit, like some body shots, the most painful things yeah. I've ever experienced. Well, the, the important thing is that that's, that's the first time, you know. Yeah, once yeah. it happens, you know what, what, what it's like, you know. 100%. And then yeah, I suppose it's the same with life. You're going to be dealt with blows. Uh, I guess this is the philosophy coming out. Yeah, be, yeah. You're going to be dealt with blows mm -hmm. all the time. But you as a human being, Allah has created you to be able to to kind of deal with that. I no. mean, that's what makes us human, you know. Let's wrap uh, it up, inshallah. Yeah, inshallah. Is, is, is there anything else you'd like to mention, inshallah, before we go? No, jazakallah khaira. You know, I really appreciate your time, bro. I mean, it's it's really nice. It's nice to have someone outside the team get it. Yeah, sure, sure. sure. <laughs> I, I think that, that, that's been the biggest hurdle initially, at least, you know, um, but once we had product in hand, people mm. started getting it. And it's, it's nice that... Uh, yeah, yeah. I, I think that will... Yeah, it's it's interesting that you say that. You know, that, you know as you mentioned about Facebook earlier, like a lot of Facebook success was due to the fact that like Bieber and MySpace came before it. People got the idea of what Facebook was because of those companies that yeah. failed or stuff before it. And it would have been useful if we had a few 
Bebo's and MySpaces before Arabic Workshop. Yeah. <laughs> it would have been useful. Well, had, let's let's but... hope we don't take. <laughs> no, We're not no, the I Bebo mean... the MySpace. <laughs> I'm not saying that. What, no, no, I know you're yeah, not. Yeah. No, what, 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 what I'm saying is the time. Do you know yeah, what I mean? Like, exactly. Like, Bebo and MySpace exactly. didn't have the time to wait around. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. But like, but like Arabic Workshop has proven that it has the time. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like it's, Alhamdulillah. <laughs> Alhamdulillah. <laughs> it very, it very nearly, nearly looked like I was handing you a P45. <laughs> All right, ladies and gentlemen, we'll end this episode, inshallah. Jazakallah khair for coming on episode three of the Sam of Somalia show. This will go on the Arabic with Sam podcast as well. Um, I don't know why I'm looking at the cameras. It's only in here that I'll hear the podcast. Oh, right, okay. But it will, it, but yeah. it will go everywhere, so don't you worry about the audience hearing about it, inshallah. I'm really excited for everyone and to hear about it. Barakallah. Appreciate it, man. Thank you so much for enjoying this evening's episode of the Sam of Somalia show. To follow Arabic Workshop and to keep in touch with all of their progress, you can follow them on Instagram at, at Arabic Workshop. Or you can just go straight ahead and you can start your free trial today at www.arabicworkshop.com. Our next video on this channel will be on Monday and it will be a Somali language video. So make sure you subscribe to this channel and please don't forget to hit the bell if you haven't done so already. That way you'll keep in touch with the channel and everything that we're uploading all week long. And until the next time, Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuhu.